Hello. Hey, where's Hard Rock Neck? Uh, so I think he's fashionably late. I'm cautious, cautiously optimistic. He's going to, I'll speak of the devil. Hold on a sec. Let me put him in the middle here. Thank God. Hi, guys. Hi, Hi, Annika. Hi, Hello, how are sir. you? I uh, feel like I'm lacking in facial hair. <laughs> Everybody, everybody's got a style going on, LP. Yeah. So. Well, uh, I have the more laissez-faire style, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I could probably get some tips from Nick. Yeah, I, uh, Nick. Yeah. Uh, how how do you get that? Do you use like one of the dermaplaning blades? You know, it's it it was uh, years in the making. So it, I think it started off a little more innocently than this, and the lines were not so hard or defined or sort of yeah. shaved in. And then I started realizing that I could look like more of a superhero, and so I took the sideburns out and I sort of skinnied up this goatee, and then I added this little triangle. So yeah, it took time. I have a couple utensils that I go back and forth with, but um, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a, a little work. I did a I did a little bit of googling on you. Um, do you have a YouTube yeah. channel? Because that's one of the things I wasn't sure if you actually had your own channel. I I know that there have been videos of you out there. I do. I do have my own YouTube channel. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. And um, it's grown. It's grown a little bit. It it okay. was a very uh, big component of why I went viral because as I got discovered on Instagram, people were saying, oh, no, 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 wait a minute, you guys, you got to check out his YouTube videos from 2013. And mm -hmm. so all of a sudden videos that were kind of left for dead or going to be deleted at some point, all of a sudden got views and I got subscribers and now I'm monetized. So it's been fun. It's been a little hobby that I've sort of uh, created now as a side project to this. Well, you also, you do comedy, right? Because you consider yourself to be, if if you don't mind me saying, a, a white trash millionaire. Sort of, yeah. Yeah, that's a, yeah. I took that from a rock song from Blackstone Cherry, but, uh, and I thought it fit me because I was sort of tattooed, but then I was still articulate and professional and educated. And I had a background in real estate. So I was like, well, Nick, you're a millionaire and you're also a white trash guy with a neck tattoo. So I just sort of came up with that, but yeah, um, yeah that's uh, comedy. You know, Annika, I I don't do stand up, but yeah, I I certainly got discovered by a couple comedians, um, and so I think I had to sort of have a sense of humor about all this, and then I realized that to a lot of people, my Instagram flexing and YouTube ranting was very comedic, and people found it to be exceptionally funny uh and so i went with it and i've had a good sense of humor along this sort of journey as well yeah. Yeah. I, I, I wanted to ask you a bit about your your sort of your origin story can you go into that a little bit more for people here who aren't familiar with you uh you said you were discovered on instagram what does that mean exactly yeah i mean i had been just sort of another guy on instagram just chronicling his bachelorhood, dare I say, trying to get laid. I mean, I was just sort of showing off my conquests, you know, my sushi one day, my Nordstrom shopping the next day, my, you know, selfie vlogging in my Mercedes another day, right? Just a Los Angeles man, happy to be alive. And I noticed that as I got better at hashtagging and I got more confident with Instagram, I sort of noticed that I was getting more attention and I had some haters and those haters in fact created like Reddit or Facebook groups attached to me. So I dare I say I was famous before I was famous. And then one day, and I still am fascinated by how this all bubbled and boiled over, but one day the internet just had enough of not knowing who I really was and I went viral. And I'm talking, 500 followers to 25,000 in a weekend. And remember, I didn't do anything. I didn't marry a Kardashian. I didn't have some viral video on TMZ. I didn't go on Dr. Phil. So I still didn't understand why now and why me and why not five years ago? Because I've been the same guy. So 
I realized it got into the hands of some verifieds or celebrities or social media types like Chrissy Teigen and a couple journalists and a couple comedians. Uh, and you can find all this on YouTube. And then, of course, the YouTube community, um, I think, got behind me the strongest. And when I say got behind me, I mean they made reaction videos. So uh, I think right now on YouTube alone, there's something like 17 million videos 17 million views rather just around me whether it's my own channel or a reaction video or my segment on tosh.0 um i seem to have uh, quite a lot of results on youtube so uh it's you know Lyndon, it's been wild i'll probably write a book about it or do a documentary but when i say going viral on the internet i'm saying within three hours of being discovered i'm getting recognized at the grocery store and it's all of a sudden like oh boy like it really hit me and then people are starting to really come up to me and give me attention and i'm on the cameo app a couple days later which is an app where celebrities give shout outs and <laughs> people were demanding, yeah people were demanding merchandise and so it's been uh it's been very very unique because i think had i been in like a movie like star wars or a sitcom that would have been a gradual rise to fame where people kind of come on board and they see you every week and it's more normalized. But to go viral for being a polarizing, opinionated guy on YouTube and Instagram is very unique, especially in 2019 um, when we had the sort of peak of outrage culture and hashtag me too was very much in its prime. Uh, and then uh there was just so much attention given to instagram i think and youtube especially as there is now do you so. think most of the people who uh who talk about you uh don't get you i mean well, they don't get what your what your kind of your your thing is um, i you. actually i just followed you on instagram and one of my thank co-workers you. follows you thank so. you um i annika it's well put i think more more to that point it's more that they don't have a sense of humor I think there's a real line between people that like me and sort of want to see me grow and they got behind me as a persona. They have a sense of humor about it. They understand that um, I'm this gentle guy under this sort of villainous persona and they love it. They love the energy. They love this sort of boyish quality that I have and they like the sort of uh, flexing on the internet that they get. But um, I, I, at the same time, there's a lot of hate. There's a lot of jealousy. Uh, there's a lot of um, very petty and immature sort of um, uh, slander that goes on yeah. on the internet that I've sort of had to sort of deal with. And I do. And uh, that's why we have a block button. But um, yeah, that's, that's part of being famous, I guess. Yeah. I'll let LP talk after this question. Sorry, LP, I'm just running over you. <laughs> it's a fascinating guest today, so no, no worries, go for it. Um, the um, uh, the other question I had: Have you heard of the term benevolent sexism, Hard Rock Nick? I have not heard of that exactly. Okay, it's that's familiar. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's kind of the term I give. I'm I'm a big fan of like the silly little sexism and the the sexual dimorphism kind of on steroids. So that's a term that you could probably use in the future. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So what I was going to say is uh, on this yeah. show, we like to look at topical stories as everybody knows. I definitely have a few lined up. And so we'll jump right into the first one, more serious one, but I don't know if you guys heard this, but in the last 10 days or so, since our last episode, there have been two incel terror attacks. The first one in Canada a 17-year-old who's unidentified because they're a minor murdered a 24-year-old woman with a machete. And Canada has actually charged him under terrorist laws for his incel ideology. And then in the U.S., we had this Westgate shooting. I, so I don't know if you guys... Uh, this is my bad... If you guys heard about this, but somebody shot up a mall and I think he killed a few people. He had said that he was wanting to murder 10 people or hurt a bunch of people. 
And they said that he was an incel based off of comments he had made while he was in the police cruiser. Now, we've talked about this on the channel before. We had our, our famous episode with uh, JF where we watched the the interview of Alec Manassian who drove the van into a crowd of people in Toronto. And we had this big argument about is incel an ideology? Are they terrorists? And, you know, this pattern, this, this is like what the 10th time since Elliot Rogers that something like this has happened. So there's definitely a pattern here that's becoming clear. And I think we need a final solution to the incel question. What do you, what do you think, Nick? That's, by the way, those stories are news to me. Those are Canadian uh, uh, sort of shooters uh, that just took place. The uh, the Westgate one, I think, is America, actually. I'm, let me, sorry, you keep going, but I'll try to I, verify that. You know, Lyndon, this is a terrible thing that, uh, first of all, I don't like gun violence. I don't like shooters. Uh, these school shootings are something that are so horrific that kids even have this in their reality is just so sad because uh, when I was growing up, of course, you got bullied maybe, or you got made fun of, but to think that someone could blow your brains out while you were um, in algebra class is so unbelievable and sad and sick. And uh, it's even more cruel and despicable that someone would then execute this during a global pandemic. We're going through enough, aren't we? But um you know, it has to be dealt with, I think, at a, at a society level law, but also there probably is some things in the culture and the parenting uh, that are being missed. Uh, and it probably starts uh, at home. It starts in the hospitals being uh, under the right care. And also, uh, it's probably got a genetic component, too. I would think that some of these men or, or women, but we're talking about men, are predisposed to this kind of violence. Based. Yeah. You but, you rarely hear stories where a serial killer, especially somebody who targets like women, um, had like a completely normal family life. Um, you know, there was a, a lot guy of the, who, a lot of these guys have single moms. Yeah. yeah that's not yeah. Like or, a or really messed of, up moms. Uh, airplay, but they don't they don't have a strong male influence yeah. on their lives. And that yep. shows, I think. Yeah, yeah, no father figure. And then they sort of, uh, you know, these days fall into, you know, technology and they don't really spend quality time with a group of people. Uh, yeah, I can see that there is sort of a common theme in some of these incels or school shooters or they call them lone wolves that sort of act um, under the radar and they sort of premeditate these horrific crimes. But I've heard, Lyndon, this has gone on. I mean, you've heard of the Las Vegas shooting in 2016. That was a much older gentleman who happened to be married. I mean, there's been a, a lot of sort of copycats. And I remember the Garlic Gilroy Festival. <laughs> Gilroy is a city in Northern California. Yeah. I think that was a I've couple been to years that ago. Festival. Yeah, and I, I don't, I think they were young as well. They might have been teenagers. It's just, uh, it's just very sad. Um, uh, yeah, a lot of these guys, you know, they ha I think they have a lot of anger and they just want to like flame out and cause, uh, you know, cause as much destruction as they can. What do you what do you think, Annika? Because you back on the JF episode were arguing pretty strongly against the idea that there's an incel ideology. Uh, are you are you coming around I've, to I've, um okay so you're familiar with kind of my personal life situation. Well Monday used to make a lot of videos about um about the kind of the situation not just with incels but people that have long-term dating problems. He actually said something earlier today we were watching a couple of videos uh from Todd Grande he's a psychologist and he was he was covering a serial killer. Um, and Monday actually said one of the problems he has is there's so much gatekeeping in the online incel community that if a normal young guy who's maybe, I don't know, anywhere between the ages of like 14 and 18 um, is having issues at home and is having issues like dating, talking to girls, they're going to go to the internet for help and they're going to find these extremists and that's going to, it. their brains are still forming. And what's going to end up happening is only the crazy people that are the most extreme are the ones who are allowed to hear their 
have their voices heard. So what ends up happening is somebody who might maybe not be predisposed to like a shooting or a stabbing is going to become radicalized. I know that sounds like a stupid thing, but a lot of these guys look at the Taliban, look at all these, like the Taliban, one of the situations that they're dealing with is that the women are all taken up by just a few men. And so there's millions of men who don't have suitable wives or girlfriends. They have no hope of ever dating. So they're 22 year old virgins who wish to have a girlfriend and they join the Taliban. So it's it's very similar to, I don't know if you'd say the same in like the US with gangs, but if yeah. they don't have strong friends and family, they're going to be more susceptible to people. Same thing with prostitution and pimps. When you don't have that ground and that, that you know, friends and family, you're going to go to somebody who's going to take advantage of you. And I see this with not just the Taliban and prostitutes, and but I see it with incels as well, where maybe they they weren't the shooter type, but they're more likely to become that way because they, they kind of develop this hatred for women, whereas before they were just shy. So, I mean, I know that's kind of a long explanation, but I've definitely come around. I went from and yes, I do agree that at least with the online community, it's definitely an ideology. And just so you know, Nick, I used to defend incels with an iron sword with LP. I was like, you don't understand them. And I've, I've spoken with enough of them, you know, like face to face, meaning in DMs that I'm like, I'm really scared of some of these guys, like some of the shit that they say in DMs and some of the stuff that they're willing to say publicly. I'm like, this has to end. I don't think most of them are shooters. I mean, if you look sure. at the statistics, sex havers are more likely to murder than an incel. But yeah. Also, what's an incel? It, it's, from what I understand, academic. It's, kind of, it's, it's, it's kind of an identity that you sort of take on at this that's, point. That's what say, it feels right? like. Like I've met yeah. guys who haven't who haven't been laid in a few years. They can't get laid, but they would never identify as an incel. So. And then the intersection and the fact that all of this became. Uh, a term or a thing when social media and the internet became a part of our lives in the late 90s and early 2000s. And now dating apps are a reality. Everyone has his or her face down in their phone when you go to the airport or Starbucks or a nightclub. Everyone is taking that perfect selfie for Instagram or Twitter. And so we are not probably communicating or being groomed to communicate and um, learn how to approach the opposite sex. And so these men are being rejected on dating sites. They're getting sort of uh, overshadowed by better looking or wealthier or more confident men as early as middle school. Yeah, I think the charisma is a big part of it. And then uh, women are being sort of empowered and emboldened by this Kardashian generation that you don't really need men. You just need a really nice iPhone and a Mercedes and good credit. <laughs> and <laughs> the women are different than they were 20 years ago, Annika. Um, they don't need a man. Um, they, we're, we're independent. <laughs> yeah, you're independent. You pay your own bills. You pay your own gym membership. You cook for yourself. Uh, you uh, can FaceTime uh, someone if you're bored. And you don't really need a man in the house all the time. You can adopt a dog and uh, he never fights with you or argues over the rent. And so I think it's a reflection of our entire culture with social media and our reliance on dating apps. Uh, and, you know, we're just not uh, being sort of groomed to communicate and grow and play and be outside and, uh, you know, learn how to treat people. And that's why there's so much hate on the internet because it's so easy uh, to be a keyboard warrior and assassinate someone or say something so derogatory because it's yeah. easy Things to type. Yeah. Forgive me if I'm drinking ice water frequently. It's a very warm day in Los Angeles. Yeah. No, no worries. That's a, that's a good answer. I agree. I agree. It's a, there's sort of a well, deep spiritual cultural wound that is not really anybody's fault. It's just the result of like all these different moving parts. And now nobody really knows what to do or how to fix it. We're all just kind of trying to figure out how to live in this 
postmodern hellscape. Um, <laughs> and now we got the pandemic. Everybody's really leaving I, that's, where, that's where I was going to take that as he was talking about how we're not groomed to, uh, to be, uh, to communicate well. And, um, I know being a woman, um, you're always on guard. You have situational awareness. So yeah. if you're at the grocery store, the last thing you want when you're in the produce section is to have a guy try to hit on you. You're just, you're constantly moving through life, trying to get from point A to point B and you have sure. men that are trying to flirt with you with the face mask situation. Now it's even oh, yeah. worse. Like, I mean, you open the door, you throw the door open. So the next person can shoot through real quick. And it, uh, it makes it a lot harder because um, I actually mentioned this a couple of weeks ago that whereas you take for granted those tiny little smiles and looks that you give other people like, oh, no, you can go. You don't even have to say anything. It's all body language and facial. You know, you look at someone to let them know they can turn left in front of you. Well, now that everyone's yeah. wearing face masks, you don't get that little grin. You can't see their face. You don't know if somebody's mad and about to punch you or if they're smiling at you because they're happy that you just returned your card, things like that. So it, it adds Very a whole true. nother dynamic, not having, cause we read faces all day, which is the complaint I, that I had with the burp guy or the- have you, have you guys been wearing a mask at all? I haven't worn one once. I once. have because <laughs> here there, uh, there are places that won't allow you. Um, I haven't been leaving the house very often at all, but, um, but um, the few times I have, I've worn a mask if for no other reason than to make other patrons feel comfortable. What, so what about you, you Nick? Nick? Do you have do you have like a high couture mask that you? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's got Louis Vuitton. Keep, keep flexing, yeah. You know, Lyndon, that was the the most predictable thing is that I would, and then you know, as a reflection of how upset I am with that mandate, I just sort of keep my sort of hospital looking one, and I am just waiting for the days when the governor says that it's lifted. I at the risk of sounding selfish, uh, remember if I wear a mask, I hide essentially my iconic beard. So I, um, that I even get recognized is actually very wild to me. And I do get recognized with the mask because they see the chains and the bald head as well and the angled eyebrows, but the, the earrings. Yeah, it's very, you know, uh, uh, to answer your question, I absolutely uh, have to wear the mask just to get inside the store. Uh, so, of course, I don't want to get kicked out or uh, be made fun of on social media for not wearing a mask because everyone uh, will be quick to point out that I defied the mask law or something and they'll make a video about it. So uh, I do that part. Um, when I exercise or jog, I do not wear the mask. Because um, the breathing. Even, yeah, if you, if you get yeah. a little steamy, you can't breathe and then you start to hyperventilate. And I even called my local sheriff because I wanted to yeah. be sort of bulletproof. And they said, look, um, we're not citing anybody that doesn't want to wear a mask when they're jogging. You don't have to wear it on your nightly walk. Um, we just ask that maybe you wear it around others or something if there's a lot of people around. So that's all I've been doing. I'll keep it in my pocket, but um, I can't wear it when I'm running or jogging at night or, you know, taking out my trash or something like that. Seems a little bit excessive. Um, but um, yeah, for now, Los Angeles County has a mask mandate. Uh, yeah. which means you are to wear the mask anytime you exit your four walls of your home is my understanding of the nature of the law. So the, uh, the funny thing is, and I mentioned this on Twitter a few weeks ago, that um, it's now the only time I've actually gone to the bank a couple of times. I've had to for various things, but um, I wear a mask into the bank and it's so weird because you associate yeah. wearing a mask yeah. in a bank. They always ask you to take off hoodies or anything like oh, that. I know. So it's funny because I, I also live in Texas. I live in Houston and it is, it's legal to open carry here. Most people wouldn't unless you're out in the country. It's just, you don't need to because yeah. Yeah. we're a very liberal city. So a lot of people are anti-gun here, but yeah, um, yeah, I've, yeah, I've open carried wearing a mask into a gas station and nobody batted an eye. And it's like in any other, in any other universe, this would be, everyone would drop to the floor if I was walked in with a gun and a mask. But now everyone's like, oh, she's just she's just keeping her social distance. All right. Well, speaking of pandemic news, I had this story I wanted to uh, get your guys' opinion on. This is a BuzzFeed story about a woman who lost her job because of the pandemic, couldn't afford to pay her rent, and her landlord offered to forgo the rent in exchange for sex. And BuzzFeed has written about this 
you know, they say that he was preying on her uh, because he knows that she's vulnerable. What do you guys, I, I have some thoughts on this, but I'll let, I'll let you go first, Nick. Why don't you, you give us your reaction? Well, Lyndon, this is, uh, like I said earlier, cruel and despicable to take advantage of our pandemic. I'm a landlord. Uh, I would never in a million years uh, think to do anything of this nature to recoup my lost rent. Uh, that's not the way to do it. Um, uh, this is very sad. Uh, it's very predatory. And um, where did you say this took place? In what state? Uh, bu- 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 I was scrolling down because I think there's a picture of her and somebody had said, I bet she's like a four. In the chat. Uh, so I had to find out where is this? This is in d- 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 Salem Savage. Or no, sorry, that's the names. Okay. Indianapolis. Yeah. I'm sure this stuff goes on when there's not a pandemic too, Lyndon. I yeah. mean, sure. uh, it's not okay. Um, it's good that it got attention. Um, She's covered in, t- he probably, oh God, she has like a, a the bells above tattoo to her chest. Look, I'm, I'm not the kind of crass guy who would encourage the chat to, to rate this woman out of 10. Yeah. The, <laughs> so I'm not going to do that. Okay. Yeah. Cause that would be well, crass. I, I have to agree with Nick. Um, it's very, there's the power dynamic there, whether it's a teacher, student, whether it's a landlord. It, yeah, he's clearly taking yeah. advantage of her situation. Um, I I would even be mad if I were a land, I mean, if I were a male landlord or whatever gender, there's 96 pick one landlord and somebody were to come to me and offer to sleep with me for the, I would think that that's also kind of taking advantage of the situation. Oh yeah, um, very much so. Yeah, so I I completely agree. But here's the the thing. The other thing I wanted to mention about this is that you know BuzzFeed is kind of a notoriously liberal, progressive, I uh, rag kind of pushing sort of these these ideas that you know sex work is is work and that you have to respect it. You can't you can't look down on people who and it. To me, there's this kind of dissonance. If if it's you know, if the landlord had offered her gardening, if he said, "I need you to like clean out my garden or, or mow the lawn, and I'll knock off the rent," that's not a news story. Nobody yeah. would write about that. But we all understand that sex is something special. It's not like normal labor, and I think that this kind of this shines a light on that sort of idea that like sex work is normal work. If if you can't proposition somebody, if you can't offer somebody a job because on the basis that they need the money, otherwise you're preying on them, then I think that really clearly sends the message that everybody on a sort of visceral level understands that sex work is exploit exploitation to some degree. I don't know if you agree with that, Nick, but I, it would still be exploitation, even if they weren't desperate for money. It's just that we recognize that it's very kind of uh, scummy to do this to somebody who's in a tight spot. What What do you think, Nick? What's your no. you have a general take on sex work and, and this kind of thing? You raise a very good point. And um, there will be some that will look at her tattoos and look at her cleavage and say that uh, she encourages uh, that type of sort of a proposition from a landlord or something. And there may be a backstory to this. We don't know uh, how much flirting may have gone on. But yeah, I'm pretty liberal when it comes to sex work and things like that. Uh, I like porn. I like uh, the fact that women make a living doing porn. And uh, we're in a world now where women in porn go on to be moms and wives and even get into politics one day or become teachers, right? Or until they get fired uh, for being found out. But, <laughs> uh, I'm on like the other end of that. Yeah, um, I'm, yeah. I'm a liberal, I'm not religious, any or yeah. libertarian, I would say very, very libertarian, but for my personal life, I I think that people should wait till they're 25 to have sex. I yeah. think you should, I'm just like, but but I appreciate that other people are for things. My big issue with the prostitution is um, that in many cases, it tends to be out of desperation. Not all, hashtag not all. 
Some people yeah. have your PhD in neuroscience. I get it. Um, I just, I just think it's, I also just think it's disgusting. I'm a germaphobe. And honestly, the one thing I like about the pandemic is I'm not the weirdo that's putting on hand sanitizer. Everybody's doing it now. So yeah. for me, just the germ yeah. aspect alone is a reason to not be a prostitute. <laughs> Well, listen, I agree wholeheartedly. Look, prostitution is a different different thing. I mean, and then there's sugar daddy culture, which is sort of on that borderline between prostitution and porn. But um, absolutely, I don't like prostitution. It's one of the reasons I don't live in Las Vegas full time because it is in fact part of the culture there. Oh, and really? I thought it was illegal. Well, it is uh, on the books, but oh. when I say it's part of the culture, I just see how women are not really educated or pursue higher education. And then yeah. they get sort of, again, sort of influenced by their mom um, to sort of find a rich guy who's got a good job at a casino. And, um, you know, you better learn how to make a good sandwich and how to vacuum and uh, that kind of thing. And that's why uh, I don't usually date women who are from Las Vegas or, or even like Phoenix and places like that, because they're not as educated. So, um, uh, but what about University of Phoenix, aren't they? Yeah. Educated? yeah. <laughs> but so, uh, uh, I, I, I do think it's a little yeah. ironic that feminists fought so hard so that women wouldn't have to fuck a guy to get rent. And now they've fought so, so, so hard. So women can do pretty much anything. We can be scientists. We can we can go to the moon if we want. And now women are fighting for the right to get paid to lay on their back again. It's like, wait, what? It's like it's kind of it's come full circle. So. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm everybody knows my views on porn and sex work. I'm pretty strongly against it, but we don't have to go into that. I have uh, actually a guest for the next show who wants to debate porn with me. So we'll leave that for the next one. I, I have another story I want to look at though, because Nick, you mentioned that you were a Trump supporter. So this, in spite of your socially liberal policies, you had voted for Donald Trump in the 2016 election. I have a story here. Uh, there we go. This was uh, written in the Atlantic, published in the Atlantic a couple days ago. Donald Trump, the most unmanly president. Why don't the president's supporters hold them him to their own standard of masculinity? So what well, do you make of that? Is Donald Trump manly or is the Atlantic correct here? You know, I have to read the article, uh, Lyndon. I really... This started in 2015. When I found out he was running, uh, first of all, uh, I was excited because he was not a politician. And I thought he had, uh, first of all, a great message, which is that he really cared about the country and he wanted to sort of give back. That's why he doesn't take a salary. And the more and more I got to listen to his campaign speeches and his media, I everything he said really resonated with me. Um, and I thought there was a real void in our country from the eight years of Obama, Biden. And uh, look, I mean, he has been ripped to shreds by the media and everyone else. And the guy still clocks in and wears a suit and has a smile on his face and uh, has the thick skin. He has a great family. I think he's done a very good job in a couple ways. And being a president is an impossible job to do all the time and make everyone happy, of course. But um, I'm behind him. He'll absolutely have my vote uh, this November. Um, and uh, I think, uh, I think, you know, he's very, very villainized, Lyndon. Uh, I mean, it's it's almost a little bit unfair. I mean, some of the social media hate and the fake news media sort of back and forth uh, rivalry is in play. And I just, um, part of me doesn't understand why he's so hated because I think he really cares. Uh, I don't see him as this mean, vicious person that he's painted out to be. I certainly don't think he's racist. Um, and I really, uh, I love hearing him speak. I really do. Um, 
But yeah. I do too. I, I think he's funny, if nothing else. Nicole, <laughs> um, I, voted, I voted third party. I don't like Trump as a person, but I do defend him in at times that he's done nothing wrong. Uh, my biggest problem with the media against Trump is when we have things like a drug like that hydro, it's not hydroquinone, it's that hydroxy. Hydrox you know the one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, okay, that right, one. Yeah. Well, that one mixed with another medication is less than a dollar a pill, right? And he mentioned it on Twitter, but the Resvera, the other one, is a thousand dollars a treatment. So we have less than a dollar because it's no longer in, um, it's no longer uh, under uh, patent. And then we have the thousand dollar a pill one. And everyone is promoting the thousand dollar a pill one because that's not the one that Trump promoted. And yeah, hydro, hyd yes, sorry, I guess that's half the letters in the alphabet, and then some. But um, it, yeah, the fact that that works so well, and yet the media won't cover it because Trump mentioned it. That's the kind of shit that bothers me. It's like, so we're gonna we're gonna make a private pharmaceutical company um, rich, rich as shit, just to defy the president. That's the kind of stuff that I think is crazy. I just don't, I think Trump is gross, to be quite honest. It's kind of like how, how I feel about a lot of other stuff. I didn't vote for him because I live in a city that I knew would overwhelmingly vote for Hillary in a state that I knew would probably vote for Trump. And I knew my vote didn't count either way. Now, if I was in a swing area, if I was, you know, in any yeah. city where it was going to be 50-50, I would have actually researched a little better. Um, but again, I knew my vote didn't matter. So I wrote in uh, I wrote in a candidate and then um, uh, he's a transhumanist out of California. So um, Zoltan Istvan is who I voted for. So I'm fascinated, Annika. I thought Houston to be a little more conservative than you Extreme say. Extreme liberal. Extreme okay, so, yeah. so um, it's not only Austin because uh, Californians yeah. famously yeah. think Austin is their only safe haven. Um, oh, no. Houston's very. Now, this is the thing. Houston has a lot of blacks and Hispanics. So liberals, liberals want to move to Austin so they can be surrounded by white people and they can they can continue to bang on about racism from the comfort of their white neighborhood. They don't want to move to Houston because they'll get their fucking asses kicked. Yeah. And then There's Dallas, my F -bomb for the night. Would, would you say Dallas is a little more a little more mixed? Maybe um, with I both? would say. I would say, uh, see, I, I used to live in Dallas. I go there frequently for, for work. Um, I would say it's a good mix there. I was going to say it's bank. It's, it's actually a banking capital. A lot of people aren't aware. They, they just assume New York is the banking capital because of the stock exchange. But, uh, yeah, Dallas is definitely money banking. The only color, nobody cares about your skin. It's your green. Right. Um, Houston is very artsy, which is surprising because Austin likes to call themselves like an arts district because Austin is big on music. Houston is big on rap, but also art. We have a lot of really good art here. So yeah, but yeah. we have a lot of free stuff here too, like museums and such that are that are open to the public. Sounds like a modern, nice, uh, hip yeah. American town. Yeah, obviously yeah. you have great sports uh, sports. Teams yeah, once the census data. Uh, comes in, I think we're going to be bigger than Chicago because we've mm -hmm. been the number one fastest growing city in North America for some years now. And uh, when I moved here, it was Houston made it on the, I think it was the state of Texas made it on the cover of, I think, Time Magazine for being one of the fastest growing states. The unfortunate part is all the Californians are moving to Houston it's, because of the it's money. It's turning here. blue. Texas is turning blue. Right? Yeah, it's it's unfortunate because I moved from Los Angeles to hear and when i would run into other people that were from california it's it's funny because you you recognize area codes you're like they have 818 or 310 or whatever on their phone you know when you're at the store and you have to give your phone number for something and it, it was funny how many times people would say oh you're from california i'm like no 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 i'm not from california i promise i'm i i moved here because i like texas like you have to defend the fact that you're because they're afraid they're they say don't california my texas that's like a common thing here because they're sick and tired of all these Californians moving here, hiking up the rent. They want socialism and they want everything to be expensive and they want to increase the taxes and it's, yeah. it's bullshit. So. And, and also to circle back to Trump real quick, uh, remember, you know, there's sort of a lineage between Ronald Reagan, a former movie star, strong Republican, Arnold Schwarzenegger, 
movie star, strong Republican, voted in to recall Gray Davis in the early 2000s. And now here comes Trump, uh, a reality TV star at the time, was sort of mocked for going to the Miss USA pageant contest and sort of flirting with all the young Miss Kentucky types. And here we have uh, sort of this history of Republicans that uh, come from Hollywood, uh, which is ironic because Hollywood is uh, full of bedwetting liberals. Um, in fact, I mean, you're basically blackballed if you have anything to do with Trump. Um, I think he was part of the reason I got on the sort of viral path that I did, because I think that was very much part of my backstory was that I famously caption that I donated to his campaign and then everybody wanted to murder me right then, right then and there without a trial. So yeah, that added to your uh, villainy, right? I, of, for, yeah. Yeah. My, my two cents on Trump's just manliness is that the guy has so many children, you know, he's like this patriarch. He's raised all these kids, successful business, fucked a few porn stars. I'd say he's manly enough for the job. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know where they're coming from with this. Um, but, Nick, to be fair, do you think anybody would have expected you with your public persona to vote for someone like Hillary? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, hey, exactly. Like yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, exactly. Yeah. I just, uh, I didn't, I didn't want any more Hillary or, you know, or as they say, Billary, uh, it would have been Billary. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I just thought it was time for a change too. Um, uh, so look, I'm not, um, some sort of suit and tie dorky Republican type, as you can see, I didn't care for Bush Jr. One bit. I probably hated him as much as people hate Trump. Now I, I like, I like Trump. I like his message. Uh, and I like his politics and I like his business stance. And, uh, if not for the pandemic, I think our country was really on the right path. And then this happens. And of course, he's being blamed for that by the left. Uh, so, yeah, didn't he murder like a hundred thousand people? Or Isn't that like what he trumps? Yeah, the yeah, pure Trump <laughs> murdered a hundred thousand Americans already. Isn't like, that? Is that? They're going around. Yeah, well, in America, that he's that he's murdered a hundred thousand Americans now in the last few months. Cold blooded. Uh, so I have another story to pivot to, and this one I really like. I'm excited for this one because there's a topic that I've touched on a couple times on my YouTube channel and my blog, but it's a very taboo topic. It's very difficult to talk about, especially in the Me Too era, etc. But the idea, the thing that I've talked about a couple times is that consent is not really sexy and that the hottest sexual uh, transactions happen with less consent. Okay, stick with me on this. There's a video, I'll just, I'll just play the video here because this really encapsulates everything that I've been trying to say here. I feel as if masks are not 100% important. Um, I feel as if, if you sorry, wanna- Sorry to interrupt. A spontaneous kiss from someone that she doesn't know. <laughs> oh my god no i met him for a second with my dog that's insane are you all right yeah he's so hot <laughs> having met just minutes earlier jillian mccowan says she's okay with the kiss Text me. we asked jack ring the man who initiated the kiss if he's aware of all the risk of kissing a person you don't know during a pandemic you worry about possibly either of you having that, contracting, passing it, anything? Oh, uh, not not if just said it right now, but yeah, I, I probably do right now. But I think the kiss is worth it. Okay. So I love that video because it's everything I was talking about now. You can't just walk up to random people and grab them and kiss them. Obviously, they had talked a little bit before. They had yeah. a chemistry, obviously. The guy could pick up on it. If you're able to pick up on things like that, the, the cues, you can make a move like that. And she'll never forget that for the rest of her life. You know what I'm saying? Like he just gave her probably the best kiss she's ever had or the most exciting one anyways. 
That was cute. Yeah. Have look, you ever Canada. done that to anyone hard rock, Nick? Uh, have you ever have you ever just gone up and just made out with a girl that you weren't currently dating or that you hadn't asked? Not quite like that. You, not, you've signaled though. You've well, like done the like hand on the face, lean in slowly to see how she reacts before you plant one on her, right? Oh, certainly made the first move and sort of startled her or, you know, crept up on her, sure. But not, you know, at a public park <laughs> while she was being interviewed <laughs> on uh, national news. I think that's also because Toronto's probably a very hip progressive city too. Uh and Canada has brought us so many great things. Nickelback, Alanis Morissette. <laughs> you can't do that on television. And now the uh, I Hypocrite show. But look, um, it was cute. It was fun. Look, if that were to happen in like a very blue state, I think that guy might have been arrested or something because she would have said that he assaulted her. But she thought he was hot and she laughed about it. So uh, now he looks like a stud on Twitter. That's right. Uh, yeah, there was there was actually a tweet uh, from the UK police this week. I don't have a copy here, but um, they had tweeted out that some woman had helped a guy get his truck unstuck, and the guy kissed her on the cheek to say thank you. And then so the UK police were looking for this guy, right now. Yeah. I think that kissing on the cheek to say thank you, that's kind of a feminine thing. I don't think that guys should be doing that, generally speaking. Unless they're European and they still have that May really strong. Like, well, yeah, the, the whole kissing. Yeah, they do that yeah. in Montreal too when you meet somebody. That's different though. Yeah. Um, but, you're, but you're right. Like, uh, you know, it's, it's funny because if she didn't want him to kiss her like that, it could have, it could have gone really bad for him, but that's part of what makes it exciting. Right. That's the I, high yeah, risk, high reward. Is, yeah. That kind of, that risk that he knows he had to be so confident that she wanted it, that he, yeah. yeah. Also, yeah. Now he came off camera. Did she even see him coming at her or I assume she at least saw him coming toward her. Right. I think she. I think he took her pretty much by surprise. We can uh, watch it again from the the, or the first part if you want, or I don't, yeah, know, don't really. Have to. Yeah, I can watch it later. But I just I was trying to kind of get an idea of um of kind of how uh, how much she knew was coming. Anyway, um, not not I don't kiss and tell, but my I've had that happen one time and it turned out very well. Like very well. <laughs> like guy just grabbed me and like boom out of nowhere and it's like. Yeah. Um, Okay. It was like, oh, I, yeah, I have a story like that me from having to be like, I think you can back in my, my raver days when I was like early twenties, I was a little raver kid and I would go to raves and dance all night and do ecstasy. And I made eye contact with a girl like across the, the dance floor or whatever the, the arena. And she was, but she was like walking ahead of me and I was walking and she would like look back at me and like, she kept looking and like smiling in this. And then she went into the woman's washroom and I don't know what I, I was high at the time. I admit it, but I, I followed her into the washroom. I grabbed her and I just like slammed her against the wall and planted one on her face. This is a true story. And so we're making up for a few seconds and then it kind of kicks in, in my brain like what the fuck is happening? And I stopped and I was like, I was kind of like frozen. Like I didn't know what to do after that. And she looked at me and she was like, she said, thank you. And she ran off and then I just left the bathroom. I never saw her again or talked to her again, but um, I, I like, no, I'm great. still with my guy. <laughs> like, <I'm> still, <laughs> my story ended in like, we're still together. He lives with me. <laughs> like, well, I have a, a fond that. memory and I think she does yeah. too. You know, I have, I have no regrets on that. So I have one last story here. Uh, that, that is a cute story, though. It, 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 yeah, LP used to be. I mean, I mean, I don't know if you caught her. She snorts when she in the video. She's like the it's it's so like cute. Uh, uh, Lyndon, anyway. I think though, look, this sort of stranger sex or animalistic style sex is sort of a fetish for a lot of people, and uh, there's sort of an extra layer of turn on that you don't know the person exceptionally well. Only and for that, those kinds of people. Sure. Um, the idea of that like creeps me out, just having sex with somebody I have. <laughs> I have to do a background check. I'm not very romantic in the beginning. 
I hear you. I, I hear admit, you. I admit, I'm not in the beginning. However, yeah, I think the animalistic stuff can come over time when you trust the person. You make sure they yeah. don't have COVID-19. <sighs> Yo, I know. I know. Yeah. But you were, I, I kind of cut you off because I was, I was like disagreeing with that, that thought, but you were, you were saying you think that there's, there's kind of a thrill to it. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, sure. Or, you know, the risk of being caught, you know, I think is why some people like pub and I'm talking like really normal people with good jobs, like, like the thought of public sex, um, just because there's the risk of being caught. Um, so I'm saying it's all under that umbrella. Um, but, um, yeah, I think, I think for a lot of people that's true or else it wouldn't be such a, a common theme among, you know, people like with fantasy stuff. All I, look, all I'm saying is as soon as you say to, like, Hey, is it Rumor. okay if I kiss Rumor. you or anything like that? It, yeah. It, that just dry dries up the vajayjay like the Sahara desert. And we all know this. This is all I'm saying. <laughs> It's because you're Women putting it don't on us want that. now. Women don't yeah. want that. You're putting it, it on us. If you say, can I kiss you? We're like, uh, what? He just asked me a question. Now I'm in math class. It's like, just do it. Either she's going to push you away or not. Also brush your teeth before you try to kiss someone. <laughs> Use a mint or something. That's what. That's all I'm saying. Okay. I'm not saying to go around uh, kiss raping people. You got to... <laughs> You gotta feel gotta it out. You gotta know. You gotta know what you're doing. That's an expert yeah. level maneuver. Okay. All right. So my last story here is uh, a study that found. This is published on CNN. Women are told more lies than men in workplace reviews, and that can prevent gender equality, uh, according to the the scientists here. Eff effectively, what they found is that when Men and women are getting performance reviews. Pe the people are more likely to be kind to the women, to, to be less brutally honest. And then this can cause the men to be more successful because they get the honest feedback that they need to improve, whereas the women just sort of get the pat on the head or whatever. They, they say in, here in the article that, uh, you know, there's a, a general norm to be kinder to women. And they think maybe that's why. Thanks, feminism. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know that that's necessarily, you know, that I've talked about the women are wonderful effect a lot. I don't think that that's necessarily a product of feminism, but I think there's another side to this that they're not going into so much, which is that uh, women can't handle criticism. They'll start crying and making a scene or they'll drag you to HR or they'll, they'll, make a false rape allegation against you just because you hurt their feelings. You know, this is the other side to the coin that you ask any guy, like, why, why would you not be brutally honest with a woman that that's what they're going to say. They're saying, cause I don't want to catch a rape charge or you just have to deal with a hysterical yeah. crying. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I understand like the crying thing, not wanting to, women's feelings. Uh, but this is why I've actually, why I tore into women for so long is women are actually fucking over women. Because if women could grow up and act like men when it comes to like the workplace, like dealing with criticism or asking for raises, when you think that you're warranted, not waiting for somebody to just come up to you and ask if you want to make 3% more than you did the year before, like actually be um, proactive in your own income. I think women would be doing women more a uh, better service that way. And that's one of the reasons I was so frustrated with the way women would act is they're actually shooting themselves in the foot. So Nick, what's your, uh, what's kind of your views on this? Have uh, you ever had a normal job where you've had to worry about that? <laughs> like an office job? Not, not exactly, but still, uh, you know, whether it's hotel, casino, or being a landlord or other, you know, I'm a realtor too. Uh, no, I'm very cognizant of sort of sexual harassment and workplace ethics and behavior. And I have to be really hyper aware of it because I am an eccentric looking guy. I am sort of a opinionated guy. And I sort of let, let things slip out sometimes that I might, might not say uh, from social media versus like in real life. So 
Um, no, I am cognizant of that. And I think um, it's true. It's like feminists have asked for this sort of new world order and then they haven't been able to sort of deal with the fact that they are equal to men now and they get sort of raises and promotions and ownership and they become CEO and more women are attorneys and doctors now than ever. Um, so yeah, it's definitely uh, the reality of the world now. Yeah. Right. LP so, works from home. So he sexually harasses his assistant. All well, only, only during the pandemic. But I, I sexually oh, harass you know, my, uh, my yeah. No, not nor normally I go to an office. Yeah. No. Uh, I'm just waiting. I'm waiting for someone to sexually harass me. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I mean, uh, you know. You are, are a bit intimidating. Are we going to see a world uh, where uh, the female CEO harasses the uh, janitor? Uh, the janitor. It, it, well, maybe not the janitor, but that's actually happened um, where yeah. females in those positions actually sexually harass um, the, you know, the male. I guess what would you say? Like not not executive level. Subordinate, um, whatever, yeah, yeah, subordinates. Yeah, that's the also. Annika, what about all these sort of like really attractive 20 and 30 something year old teachers that have sex with their students who are underage? And it's usually that's an epidemic. It's yeah. a very pretty girl it's from crazy. Colorado or Idaho. And yeah. they're like full on having sex with a 15 year old boy in their class. And I'm like, yeah. that never happened when I was 15. And uh, if it did, I didn't know about it. <laughs> yeah. But. Um, Believe me, there were a couple teachers I would have gladly given my virginity to. But yeah, I, the um, I think for the women it tends to be a power. Somebody said, uh, uh, women don't want some underling." That's actually that's actually not true. Women in higher, not all hashtag, not all, um, not all yeah. women, but there there is a deny. Sorry, a dynamic there that some women take advantage of that they they actually prefer a guy who is under them in that way, and that's. Somebody mentioned Brittany Zamora. Um, Is that that but to one get to like true? what you were saying, I do see the tides changing on that. Like I see the tides changing in family law, where there's a lot of um, there's a lot of press that's being given to that, and there's um, the media is even questioning how would we feel. I've even seen in the beauty community on YouTube there was a famous girl who sent bra and panties to a 15 year old boy. And what the beauty community, which they tend to be extremely liberal, they said, how would you guys feel if a guy did this to a, a young girl? Mm -hmm. And so they're holding her accountable as if she did something inappropriate, regardless of what the gender was, um, which I appreciate that, that the tide's changing. It's not quite there yet, but I, I there have been teachers that have gone to jail. I think that we should use AI to dole out sentences, though, and it, gender shouldn't be a, a variable. Yeah. Well, they, they do. They have been doing that in some places because uh, I know there's like the an AI? article. Yeah, th they yeah. do it. I don't know about for sentencing necessarily. I think they do for sentencing. They definitely do it for like bond. Uh, yeah, whatever for how the much term you'd is. have to pay. For, yeah, bail bonds. Yeah. And uh, there was an article about how it's racist, how the AI is racist against black people already. Right? Well, it goes based on if you're a flight risk, if yeah, you're, it, um, it, no, it's, ra it's you racial blind. So the AI doesn't know the race, your race. Yeah, it's but they still, they still say it's racist because it, the, the, the factors that they put in, you know, tend to skew a certain way with the yeah. certain demographics. So uh, I agree that that's probably better than humans, but I mean, I don't, you know, I don't know the justice. I don't know. Is it, do we really want computer a like, Judges? Is that really bad? You do? You're on board? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it, if we can, if we can, I think that the story that I read, they were using it as like a backup. They were, um, they weren't allowing the computer to sentence, but they were using it just to kind of test to see what the computer would have tested. And that's how they mm -hmm. were actually trying to determine if juries were giving out fair sentences or not. So as they were using AI as a backup, but yeah. Somebody said based AI. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know. What about you, Nick? Do you do you like the idea of uh, robots, bots uh, sentencing you? Probably not. Probably not. But I do like I do like robots. Um, 
doing a lot of human tasks for sure, whether that's cleaning or cooking or, you know, uh, citing people or something like that. But, uh, look, I think, yeah, AI is already here and, uh, we are going to definitely turn the world over to robots in short order. This pandemic may have accelerated it a little bit, just more with cameras and being monitored. And now you've heard of stories around the country. Everybody going through a drive-thru. Yeah. Touch. uh, Everything is touchless now. Like I can use my watch to pay for stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. We're more cashless than ever. And you know, this will, start more cries for cameras in neighborhoods to make sure people are complying with laws and imagine a world where you would have to socially distance or you would be on camera as violating the law or something. Yeah. So I think, yeah, it's, uh, I'm just glad we're not being told to wear gloves because I said the next thing I thought after the mask, they were going to make us wear gloves. And I just thought that would have been too much. But, yeah, I saw um, a picture of a, a flight and everybody had like, everybody on the flight had like the face, the shields. like yeah. the shields. Yeah. 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 Not just the mask, like the whole like plate of plastic or whatever. I don't watch like. porn. Nick, maybe you can answer this. Have we had COVID-19 porn yet? <laughs> like, there's got to be. Out. I haven't noticed. Is there like, yeah. yeah is you that, that hey, would you like an porn. inoculation? <laughs> yeah. Can I, can I test you? <laughs> Let me stick this in your throat. I haven't noticed. I think, uh, yeah, the mask, like you said earlier, it's just this kind of ugly thing. I hate seeing it at the bank. It just makes everyone look like a bank robber. The problem I have with the masks, and I'm sure this is nationwide. This can't just be where I am. The number of times I've seen someone with a dirty ass bandana. In fact, there was a lady in in Staten Island who got yelled out. I retweeted it, I think, yesterday or this morning who got yelled out of a Staten Island grocery store and all the other people, you know they're not wearing clean masks. When you go in with PPE, it's a sterile 2.5. It's the actual mask. It has to be put on correctly. It has to cover the nose. They keep doing it like this. I know. That's yeah. like wearing a condom on your balls. That doesn't yeah. make any sense. It's yeah. like, excuse me. So they, and then the gloves and then the way you remove the gloves is you peel them inside out, you hold it and then you peel it inside out and it needs to be disposed of properly. I see dirty masks all over the ground. I see people wearing masks. You can tell that they've been wearing the same mask for two weeks. They are breathing in their own nasty breath for weeks on end. I know. They're not sterile. This is so absurd that I feel like if there are germs out there, there's, they're walking around and then what do they do? They peel it off their face and lay it on the seat next to them or hang it up on the rear view mirror. Like, dude, that's not how you dispose of something if you think it has a virus on it. So they're not yeah. even wearing it properly. Yeah, they're yeah. all going to get the masks are holding the germs on their face. It's just, it's so frustrating. And I have yeah. a hard time really inhaling properly with the mask on so close to my nostrils. I just don't like it. Like you say, they're filthy. They're not to be meant. Uh, they're not meant to be worn every day. Um, and it's not sanitary, like you say, to wear it every day and to not just, dis- you know, dispose yeah. of it. In order it's, to sterilize uh, and reuse them, it has to be 212 degrees, which is uh, the point at which water boils. So steam. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Or you put them in the oven for like 30 minutes. I was reading all this stuff way back in the day when it very yeah, first no happened. Yeah, no one's doing that. Yeah, nobody's doing that. They're wearing the same dirty. Where are they putting it when they put it in their car? They'd have to put it in a biohazard bag. This is just absolute bullshit. The way that people are wearing masks. I wear mine just so my neighbors don't yell at yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. So. But Texas, would you say, is opened up a little more? Probably. Um, we'll see. Are we you? really go by county here. Um, now, if you're on okay. the country, I guarantee you nobody's wearing a mask because we have yeah. we have ranch out and nobody wears masks out there. Um, but you know, you the only people that go out there are sick anyway. Um, our uh, our ferry service here on the island is kind of reopening next week, which means I get to start seeing my daughter again for the weekend visit. So I'm super um, excited about that. I didn't even think of how that would affect. Yeah, I haven't had her here for like three months, so it's been oh, shitty. She, yeah. I'm sorry. We, we just been skyping some... and, and that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, Nick. Do you have any kids that you know about? <laughs> I I do not. I'm working on that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just yeah. yeah. 
All right, That's, you guys. Well, it, yeah. it's it's been an hour here. Uh, yeah, I actually do have fun. to go to. It's it was really fun. It flew by. Uh, Nick, you've been. I, I wasn't sure what to expect, but you've been quite sort of thoughtful yeah. and reasonable, and and very easy to talk to. So I was expecting him to come on and start yelling at me, telling him I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what to expect anymore. <laughs> so. Thank you. Thank you to you both. That's probably there's a lot of layers to me, and I yeah. think the reason I've grown as a social media guy is because as people get to know me, they realize that I'm incredibly kind, articulate and gentle and opinionated. And uh, I have a very, yeah, a nice normal type. Yeah. Yeah. But thank you guys. This was fun. And I watched a little bit of you guys on your other uh, videos too. Yeah. Yeah. We've, uh, we've had quite a, quite a motley assortment of uh, <laughs> people, yeah. we had. I'm sure you saw the John, um, the McAfee. I thought I saw a couple. That guy yeah. was a that guy was a riot. We uh, LP was having issues with the video, so we were all over the place. But um, yeah, but he he was a fun person. He insisted on using a different service than we use. We use the the Streamyards, and he right. needed to use yeah. something else. So it was kind of. But will anyway, this, LP, thanks. Well, Will this Nick, live on YouTube, uh, guys? This will yeah, live for this, my fans. This yeah. video will stay up on YouTube, and yeah. uh, I put links to Hard Rock Nick's Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok in the description. So if you guys want to follow yeah, him yeah. there, you can find those links on the below yeah. the YouTube video. Uh, all right. Well, so, thanks uh, everybody for watching. Thanks for the uh, the two super chats. I saw those. I appreciate those. Of course, if people ask questions in the super chats, we will address them. But but I, there wasn't any questions in there, so just want to say thank you for supporting the show. Thanks for watching, everybody. Thanks to our guests, Nick, and everybody. Have a great day, and we'll catch yeah. you all later. All right. Take care. Be healthy. <laughs>